And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. In the councils of government, we must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence, whether sought or unsought, by the military-industrial complex. That we can, and so help us God, we will make America great again. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the No Gimmicks Podcast. I'm your humble host, as always, Brady Leonard. Hopefully, you guys are having a terrific week. I was joined today by my good friend, Aaron Bandler. Always a great time talking to Aaron. Uh, And unfortunately, we didn't really have uh, anything positive to discuss today. Uh, We talked about the scourge of anti-Semitism on college campuses and and in the streets of major cities across America and the West. Um, We talked about the latest in the Israel-Hamas war. Um, We talked about uh, the the massive problems with with Twitter's new engagement farming for cash program and and all of that, and and a bunch more. I think you guys will enjoy it. Before I get to Aaron, guys, if you haven't already, uh, please follow us on Twitter at NoGimmicksPod. Please subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. Make sure to subscribe. If you're an Apple user, please take a couple seconds to give us a five-star rating and a good review. I'd really appreciate that. If you like the show and want to get involved, you can support us monthly over on Patreon, patreon.com slash Podcast. All right, without further ado, the great Aaron Bandler. All right, guys, we're here with my brother, Aaron Bandler. Aaron, how you been, man? Uh, it's been a tough past few weeks, but hanging in there. <laughs> how are you, sir? Yeah, I'm I'm good, man. I uh, I'd imagine you've had a very rough and very busy uh, month this past month, brother. Um, that would be correct. And we're we're talking about your beat today. I mean, this is what you cover on a daily basis. Um, let's let's start here in the states before we get to the latest o- over in Israel. Um, I mean, obviously you've been covering this. There have been literal pogroms on college campuses. Groups of Muslims and other leftists are harassing Jews, assaulting Jews. Jewish students have been trapped inside buildings, chased down, um, attacked on the streets. Yeah. Um, people are praising Hamas, literally, not, not you know, you know the, the Palestinian cause or whatever, literally praising Hamas in, in public in major American cities. Um, it's definitely not been a great month for the people who think anti-Semitism isn't a problem here or think that, uh, this is all about Israel somehow. Yeah. I mean, it's, you're seeing now, um, if it basically, it's been kind of, kind of, it's been kind of wild to see like all the things that I've been writing about and covering for years. Um, it's like people are finally starting to wake up to it. If that's the most, I guess that's the most silver lining about, you know, that now people really are starting to understand like how much of a problem anti-Semitism really is in this country, and especially on college campuses. On college campuses, it, it's, 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 I think a lot of the problem is twofold. I, I think that TikTok has really brainwashed uh, the, the like Gen Z millennial types um, into, be, into being so anti-Israel, pro-Palestinian or whatever. Um, and I think academia has really brainwashed them too. Um, it's it's like an academia. It's this whole like you know de- decolonization uh, mantra that, that the, the idea that uh, that the West is 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 all all these colonial powers. Israel is part of that, and, and so what we're seeing right now is just decolonization. You know, you know, and now and of course like in their mind in decolonization in their mind it's 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 it's, it's it's kind of, it's kind of like the mantra of like you have to kind of get to break it through 
break it through, break, sorry, you have to crack a few eggs to make an omelet. Um, and so that, I think, explains how this whole generation has, has been brainwashed on college campuses. And, and I also think Black immigration policies has, has, has play a role in this too. Um, I mean, we're seeing all we're, we're seeing all those chickens come to roost now. Um, and yeah, Jewish students don't don't feel safe on college campuses, as you said. They've been trapped in buildings. That happened in Cooper Union last week, which which I never heard of that college in New York. Um, and and, and, and until last week. Yeah. And um, yeah, you're, you're you're seeing Jewish students assaulted uh, during these protests. They're being being harassed. They're being cornered. Um, there were those death threats, those anti-Semitic death threats that 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 um, that were issued in that online forum against Jewish students at Cornell, um, and, and thankfully someone's been arrested for that. Um, but it, it's just I've never seen, um, I've never seen such over, I've never seen this amount of anti-Semitism ever. You know, I, I've been covering this for several years. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's truly a scary time for for the, for the Jewish people uh, worldwide. You know, not just here in America, not just in Israel, everywhere. It, it's uh, it it feels reminiscent of the 1930s. Yeah, I mean, if if you're in our age group, no one has seen this level of anti-Semitism in our lifetimes in the West. Um, I think that's inarguable. I, I don't know how anybody could make the case yeah. against that. And. I mean, to to combat the the libertarian line, we're seeing, and you know, it's not just the libertarian. You're seeing on the left, the right, all over the place. Yeah, is that like, yes, it is obviously true that you can have big problems with the Israeli government and not hate Jews. You know, like it is technically and definitionally true that not all anti-Zionists are anti-Semitic. However, the people who have been repeating that line constantly the last four weeks, the same people who think simultaneously like oh yeah you know it's no big deal muslims want to kill jews because their bible tells them so so all the jews should leave the middle east and they're also as quiet as a whore in church when jews are being attacked on the streets in western countries so it's like i if you don't care if jews are assaulted here and you want the state of israel to cease to exist i don't believe you i I don't believe you that you're not an anti-semite i mean the percentage of people outraged that Israel killed civilians yesterday in a refugee camp who were also outraged that Hamas raped and murdered 1,500 Jews is approximately zero. Typically, you were silent on one and real loud about the other. And it's, I mean, taking it out of just this anti-Semitism talk, this is the same logic that people on the left used, you know, when, when they, you know, around like the Ukraine war, like the, the people that hated George Bush and Dick Cheney and American war crimes and this, that, and the other, and also, like, excuse the fact that, like, the Ukrainian military is full of Nazis and made excuses when Ukraine bombed Poland, who's a NATO ally. It's like, okay, you you have an agenda. Like, you don't actually care or have any principles. You just wanted dead Russians because you hate Russia. And now it's the same thing here. Like, these people, they just want dead Jews. I mean, like, somebody convinced me otherwise, right? Like, I'm sure there are people out there who are opposed of our government's war crimes and and also opposed to Hamas and are also anti-Israel or whatever, but it's just, I'm just not, I'm not seeing it. You know what I mean? Like, the, these people convince me that you're not an anti-Semite because I just, I don't see it. I don't know how you square that circle. Right. Well, I, I, first I just want to say that the, that the refugee camp you mentioned in uh, that Israel bond, that was 
it's not it's not actually a refugee camp it's uh, it's it is a regular community in, in, in Gaza that how that was being used for 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 Hamas military purposes which is what what Hamas does like they use their civilians as human shields they you know, they they hide their military weaponry in tunnels uh, underneath civilian areas uh, and they do that be, be, because they know that Israel has to respond in kind and and they, and they know that they're going to get a PR victory from from the media because the media will only focus on Israel uh, killing civilians and not not and not mention how Israel um, and, not, and not mention how, how Hamas is keeping them all there. Um, and so each and every one of these civilian deaths in Gaza are on Hamas, not on Israel. Um, and so I, I think to your point about anti-Semitism, there is – and in the Jewish community, we have long, known, we have long talked about um, the definition of anti-Semitism that's the most universally used. It's called IRA, International, Hol International Holocaust Remembrance Alliance Definition of Anti-Semitism. And it's a good definition because it uses what uh, Natan Sharansky, who was, uh, sorry, who is a Soviet di uh, uh, dissident, um, defined as the, 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 the three, excuse me, the three D standard. So first D uh, is the, 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 the three, sorry, the three Ds are demonization, delegitimization. And a double standards as it pertains to Israel. So, like people who compare Israel to the Nazis, that that is a classic example of demonizing Israel or or, or delegitimizing Israel. Double standards is 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 another. And so when you talk about how, I mean, what what you what you just mentioned about about how how these people who claim topic is Semitic, but 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 they keep focusing on Israel. And not mentioning Hamas, and not not mentioning, uh, you know, anything else is, is, is similar situations. You know that fits that fits the double standard, uh, definition of uh, of IRA. So I I think it's important that people really look at IRA and and uh, and take time to understand it because that is that is sort of the um, that's that that is how that is how it that is how people can easily like see through um those who claim that they're just being that, that they just hate Israel or, or they just are anti-Zionist or whatever um IRA is the is is the key to calling them out on their BS yeah and uh I mean you can search people I mean we're gonna get towards the end of the show here where I'm gonna talk a little bit about how awful Twitter has been this yeah. past month um well, you can search people's tweets. One nice feature about Twitter is you can go to somebody's page and search, you know, for keywords in their tweets and see what they've been tweeting about. Yeah. And it's like I'm much more willing to listen to people talking about the IDF killing civilians if they have been demanding for the last four weeks that Hamas releases every last hostage and surrenders themselves so the Palestinians can have exactly. leaders who, who care more about food and water and shelter than killing Jews. If that's you, okay. You, you've earned the right to scream and yell about Israel all you want. But these individuals are nowhere to be found. I mean, it's it's you, the fact that these people have nothing to say about Hamas murdering 1,500 innocents and holding hostages, including American— there's still, what, two, three dozen American hostages? Yeah, exactly. Being held in the Gaza Strip. I, mean, I can't remember, at least in my lifetime, where we've had you know literally dozens of American hostages being held in in a foreign country for a month 
and nobody even brings it up. I mean, our even like our politicians, our government, our press doesn't even bring it up. It's like it doesn't even matter. So, I mean, if, if you've been talking about all these issues, yeah, I, I, I'll believe you if you say you don't hate the Jews, but it's just like, where are you? Where are they? I, I'm just, I'm not, I'm not seeing it. And then another pivot in the last week or so, the left has already talked about importing thousands of Palestinian refugees, <laughs> importing more of them, you know? Like, you're, you look around at the Arabs chanting in American cities and Western cities all across Europe, too, about killing Jews and chasing Jewish kids down on college campuses and all of this, and, and you still want to import a million more of them? I mean, it's like, it's just, it's impossible to convince me if this is your position that you don't hate Jews. I mean, you want to destroy Israel and also bring as many people that want to kill Jews to the West as possible? It's like, okay, man, like, you obviously have a goal here, and it's not just that you that you don't like Zionism. 100%. Um, and, yeah, I mean, like, all, all, all these anti-Israel protesters chanting from the river to the sea, Palestine will be free, which, 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 which is a genocide I'll call in of itself. It's like these people, they, I mean, I've, I've yet to see any of these protests, like any of them call for the release of, of the hostages. And if anything, it's like we're not seeing all these videos of people tearing down the posters, tearing down posters of, of calling for these hostages to be released. Um, and, and it's scary how, how frequent that's becoming now. It, it, it feels like it, it's just like every other day I'm seeing a new video of somebody tearing down a hostage poster. And I mean, and, and what's even crazier is the New York Times like kind of like whitewashed it by saying, oh, this is now a, a new form of Palestinian resistance. Like, like, are you kidding me? Like, <laughs> this is. I mean, of, of course, it's the same New York Times that uh, that covered up the Holocaust in the 1930s. So, you know, it's it, it, this is par for the course for them. Palestinian uh, resistance, resisting what? Resisting babies exactly. and teenage girls and old men and old women from doing what? I mean, these aren't exactly. IDF soldiers. These aren't these aren't combatants. These aren't military age males. These exactly. are kids. These are kids and old people. Like, what? How is that Palestinian resistance? I mean, like. By whatever definition of a war crime, taking babies as hostages is a war crime. By whatever definition you want to use. Like, you can make—I mean, it's obviously a war crime to hide behind civilians and to hide, you know, bombs and, and terror tunnels and stuff under hospitals and refugee camps and stuff like that. And you, But you can—I mean, you can even make—well, look, I mean, based on the time of the G Geneva Conventions, like, you can make the case that half of what all modern militaries do— is a war crime because it's just not, I mean, this isn't the civil war. This isn't two groups of men aged 18 to 35 standing up in a line 10 miles away from the nearest civilian and shooting each other. Let the best man win. I mean, that's how warfare was for 5,000 years and it's just never yeah. going to be that anymore. And right. I mean, just wars are fought on the streets of major cities in civilian areas, starting with world war two that happened and it's never going to, I mean, th this is why war must be avoided at all costs because there is no, clean war anymore this is not rome okay where where caesar and, and hannibal line up with their armies in in the alps and fight each other and and may the best you know best trained army win that's not how warfare is fought anymore so i mean you can make right. the case that israel commits war crimes too but i mean it's just like if you're talking about what what started this conflict and we could go in, into the history and everything you know but like yeah. in, with this iteration of the conflict it started with hamas invading israel killing 1,500 people and taking hundreds of hostages. Now that, 
by any definition, those are war crimes. There's no way to excuse it or get around it. Um, and so I, I just want to make sure I just, just this, I, I pulled up the exact text of the New York Times article I'm thinking of. It says, here's the exact quote, but removing the posters has quickly emerged as its own form of protest, a release valve, and also a provocation by those anguished by the Israeli government's treatment of Palestinians in the years before October 7th and since the bombing of Gaza began. I mean, I mean that is just that that is just it. it I think words can 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 be how outrageous that that statement is. It's from New York Times article, you know. I mean, I, I, I the, the media has been biased against Israel for years, and I think now more and more people are are starting to realize that. Hopefully, um, and so yeah, and the thing, and the thing is, is that Israel is the Israeli army goes to such lengths to try and avoid civilian casualties as much as possible. They, you know, they they always drop leaflets and pamphlets. Uh, but before they bomb to a particular area of Gaza, and they tell slaves to get out, the Hamas stops them from leaving. I mean, no, no other military in the world does that. Ours does it. You know, I, I mean, I, I, and there were there were so there were hundreds of thousands of civilians who were killed during a during a, the wars in Afghanistan and Iraq, and no one and no one talks about that because because because. That's unfortunately that's what happens during war is that civilians die and it it's a horrific thing you know war is a horrific thing uh, no one no one wants war it's it's uh, war is unfortunately a necessary evil when it comes to when it comes to defeating uh, the monsters in 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 this world um, but it's but 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 instead you know the anti semites try and, and demonize Israel. For uh, o- 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 over these phantom war crimes that they're not committing, and, and like one of them is like you, you, you see you see this thing going around that Israel has used white phosphorus, uh, and, and some of their strikes on Gaza. That's not true. That's that's been debunked. Um, but but I think that's a classic example of the Iron definition. What benefit? That I earlier. I mean, what benefit? What benefit would using white phosphorus even? Like that doesn't. Yeah, that that on its face that doesn't even seem realistic. And I mean, like it's we, not. We've seen, you know, time and time again, just people just parroting Hamas propaganda just uncritically, you know. But what the I want to take on this straw man too. This is the the main straw man being used by my fellow libertarians. It's just one straw man after another with these people. They say mm. if you if you aren't calling for Israel to lay down their arms and let Hamas do whatever they want, you're in favor of World War Three. And America getting involved involved in another endless war, which makes sense if you're the dumbest person on the face of the earth. I mean, like, like, dude, like, I'm against all foreign aid. You know what I mean? Like, I've been, mm. I mean, look, Israel's going to take whatever Congress gives them, like any country would, like Ukraine or anyone else. I mean, they they probably don't even need it. Um, but I mean, if you have a problem with that, I mean, it's it's not Benjamin Netanyahu taking your money. Okay, it's it's Congress. It's it's Joe Biden. You know, to fix your ire on Washington D.C. Not Jerusalem, for goodness sakes. But, like, the, the World War Three talk. Israel does not want the American military involved. They don't They don't want it. Our military kills, way, like you mentioned, kills way more civilians than Israel could ever kill. We've killed hundreds of thousands of civilians in the mid, since the mid-'90s in the Middle East. Hundreds of thousands. Mm-hmm. Israel does not want the Navy bombing the crap out of Gaza. My goodness. They don't want it. They don't need it. I mean, they they know the the facts on the ground. They know what to do a heck of a lot better than our military does. And no one, 
No one wants this war to escalate. Not even the bad guys. No one. Not even Iran. Iran finally has a U.S. president that they like. <laughs> you know what I mean? And not that they don't want a war with Israel eventually, but they sure don't want one now. China doesn't. China and any communist country throughout history thrives in relative peacetime. They're focusing on expanding their sphere of influence in Africa and Asia. That's their focus. Russia's economy is gone. I mean, they're, they're running out of trading partners, for goodness sakes. They don't want to be isolated from Western trade even more than they already are. Of course not. Like, no one is incentivized to escalate this war besides maybe Hezbollah, but they'd be wiped out the same as Hamas is about to be wiped out. And Iran isn't powerful enough to, to stop either one of them from being wiped out. The Houthis in Yemen and their military arm has been decimated over the last nine years by the Saudis. I mean, they're talking a big game. They can't back it up. I mean, it's like, where is this World War III talk coming from? And when I see people who I respect, I mean, people who are usually good on, on these topics— Talking about, oh, you know, you're, you're, you're supporting World War III. I'm like, oh, no, like, what did Biden do? Oh, no, did Trump say something? Like, are they call oh, American boots on the ground, we got to invade Tehran, you know? And, like, I freaked out a couple times. I'm like, oh, no, like, what did, what did the regime say? And I'll look it up. Oh, nothing? <laughs> nothing? Nothing happened? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like no one, no one. Like, Trump, Biden, Blinken, DeSantis. You know, I mean, like, Lindsey Graham wakes up from a just a, in a cold sweat every morning. Oh, we got to bomb Iran. You know, like that's just how he wakes up every morning. So I expect it from crazy people like him. But like, that's no one's called. No one. The Israelis, our government, Europe, no one. Like no one is talking about World War Three. No one is talking about escalating this conflict or invading Iran or anything or Lebanon or anything. It's just a cheap throwaway line that gets retweets and it lets people claim to be righteous without actually knowing anything about anything. Well, and, and the irony, of course, the best way to avoid war is to show strength, you know, peace through strength, you know, as, as Reagan always said. And it's, so, and it's really not a surprise that all that everything that's happened o over the past, like, year or two, you know, from Russia invading Ukraine and to the Hamas terror attack, like, this all happened under Biden. And Biden is a weak president. Uh, the, all of our enemies know it. And I—, I and I think they're what they're, I think they're trying to take advantage of what time Biden has left before in case he gets voted out in, in 2024. Um, and of course, let's not forget that that that, that prior to uh, the Hamas terror attack, Biden has but Biden provided tens of billions of dollars to Iran um, in sanctions relief. Um, not just the six billion dollars that everyone that, that that everyone at this point knows with, with the least of uh, of American prisoners in Iran and so forth, but but also in terms of like oil relief, like like there have been sanctions against Iranian oil that the Biden administration has not enforced at all, and, and oil is like the lifeblood for the for the Iranian regime, and so it's 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 and so it's. And so what, what what I'm saying is 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 that. American weakness is what causes war, and, and, and that's what's actually happening right now. And I wouldn't be surprised. And I know you said earlier about China thriving during peacetime and all that, but um, I am concerned that before uh, Biden's presidency ends, we're going to see China invade Taiwan. Um, I don't. I, I don't think so. I don't think I, so. I, I, well, <laughs> I, I hope you're. I hope you're right, but I, I am concerned that China is going to do so because they know Biden is weak. Um, and I think that would probably be the official start of World War Three, right there. It's not going to happen. 
I, I don't think that's going to. I mean, the, China China has an economic crisis that is just beginning that they're dealing with. They have a population crisis. The West talks about our own population crisis. People aren't having enough babies. China's economy is going to completely collapse because there's no young people and only old people. And those old people are aging out of the workforce at this point, and that's real bad if you're a con- communist country. Um, so they just don't, I don't, I just don't think it's, I don't know. I mean, they talk a tough game with Taiwan, but it's just, I don't know. I, I, they're not, I don't think anybody is incentivized to do anything crazy in the next, in the, in the near future. Obviously, you never know what the global landscape's going to look like in 10 years, but in the next few, you said the, by the end of Biden's presidency, which is, 2024. Uh, yeah, you know, that's a year. It's you know, it's a year yeah. and a couple months. So for, I, I just for, for, provided that it doesn't get reelected. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, probably <laughs> will be. But uh, yeah. We well, I mean, I, I don't know. I think max we have two, three years of a Biden presidency, and then maybe Harris after that. But I mean, yeah. Here's the thing. I and this isn't really the topic we're we're talking about, but like I I'll push back on what you said a little bit. That American weakness causes war. I mean, American America has been weak for a while. Um, you know, I, I mean, obviously, if you look at the national debt, our debt, you know, the uh, the interest payments on our national debt are uh, equivalent to our our annual defense budget at this point, which is crazy. Um, it's just not sustainable, and interest rates are so high that we're we're it's actually more difficult. Uh, for the U.S. government to take out debt than it's ever been in, in its history. So it is like, I mean, that is weak, but that's been happening for a long time. That was happening under Trump, too. It's not uh, a new thing. Um, I, I I tend to believe this Hamas attack would have happened. I mean, the, the date, the, the timing of it, um, it seems to be something they were planning for a long time, probably several years, and would have would have happened regardless well, of who was president. I mean, there, 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 was a, there was a Hamas official that went on Russia TV, um, and by the way, just as a side point, people don't understand. A lot of people don't understand that Russia is allied with Hamas. They're allied with Iran, um, and, and and so we see Hamas on Russia on like Russian state TV. Like that shouldn't be a surprise. Um, and uh, anyway, so so this, this Hamas official says that they were apparently planning it for two years. Um, and so, and, and, and so, um, but. I mean, if you look if you look at under under Trump, you know they had I guess Iran, the Trump administration had this max. I think it was called like a maximum pressure strategy, where they just like same where where, they, where after they exited the Iran deal, the Trump administration was basically sanctioning the Iranian regime into oblivion, and it was working. I, I mean that regime was on its back, and I I remember writing an article at around like sometime during the Trump presidency where. Um, where I, I think it was a Fox News report, and and the report was that Iran basically told Hamas and Hezbollah, like, hey guys, we're out of money right now. Um, and you know, if you look through the Trump presidency, I, I mean, like you would see, like the, the Hamas rockets um, uh, to, uh, toward Israel, and there was um, that period in 2018 where there was those riots at, at, at the at the at the border wall. Uh, uh, at the border wall separating Gaza and Israel, but there was nothing like I mean, so certainly, certainly not, 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 nothing of this of this scale that happened uh, in October 7th. But also, a couple of years ago in 2021, there were there was that heavy rocket fire from uh, for, for, from Hamas, and it, there was like two and a half weeks um, 
that there was, um, it, it, you know, it, it, three and a half weeks, there was a major conflict between Israel and Hamas. And that there was nothing like that that happened under the Trump presidency. And it's not, and I, I would say that that's not a surprise because the Trump president, because under Trump, they basically bled the Iranian regime dry of money. Iran gives Hamas $100 million a year, something like that. So um, when I talk about American strength and weakness, I, I mean, that's, I mean, that's, that's, a lot of concept of what I'm referring to. I mean, that's strength right there. Like, that's strength to bleed out, to bleed the Iranian regime jai of money. Um, and the Trump administration also killed Qasem Soleimani, uh, who was a who, who, who was a war criminal, had the blood of, of hundreds of American soldiers on his hands. That's strength right there. And 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 there was that was a time of relative peace in the world. That is true. I mean, you, your point is absolutely true that um, that. Iran was not, fi- you know, fiscally capable of supporting the same levels of terrorism, uh, on you know during the Trump presidency than they are now. Obviously, without the sanctions, uh, freeing up all that cash that was frozen for them and stuff. Yeah. Obviously, a lot of that went to Hamas and Hezbollah and other uh, Islamic Jihad and other terrorist organizations. That's inarguable. That's absolutely true. I mean, there, there is also American strength can caused a lot of damage too, even with these blockades. I mean, the the Clinton administration blockaded Iraq, led an international coalition to blockade Iraq, didn't let anything into the country, starved about 100,000 innocent people to death. Um, Because, you know, if a regime gets desperate, they're going to let civilians die first, and they're going to, you know, pocket all the money that they need for their own, you know, military and to line their own pockets. So it's like, you know, starving a regime to death can also result in just starving innocent people to death and radicalizing a population against the people blockading. Um, which, you know, the Iranians, you know, Persians aren't nearly as anti-Western or anti-American or anti-Jewish as, as you know, Iraqis are, you know. And that's kind of the ironic thing that the Iranian people love us and the government hates us. And, and like, you know, we, we like our government likes the Saudi government, but the Saudis hate, you know, the Saudis hate hate Americans and hate Israel and stuff. But, um, you know, like it is, uh, American strength has done a lot of bad in this world too. I mean, it's with the Iraq war, this has been going on since the, the eighties and then the blockade really kicked it off and caused Iraq war two and all this. Um, so it's kind of a double edged sword, you know, like you can starve the Iranian regime, but at a certain point you're starving people too who are going to be pissed off that they're starving and 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 blame you instead of their own regime because that's kind of just how people are but if my response to that would be that i mean as you just said the iranian people you know they 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 they, uh, a lot of them love america and 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 love israel and there were a lot of pro there were a lot of protests uh, against the regime going on during the trump presidency and there were some I think last year too, uh, and unfortunately they haven't been able to overthrow that reg- that regime. But I, I don't think, uh, I don't think the Trump administration's actions fomented hatred against America. If anything, it emboldened the res- like the action that you know, the, the it emboldened the resistance against the Iranian regime, um, and, and the Iranian people um, worldwide. Really, the the, the Iranian people have been have been very supportive of Israel during these dark times. Uh, because because they know like, like they, they 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 understand how evil their you know that the Iranian regime is and know that the Iranian regime they're the ones that are responsible for all this, um, and so I mean I I I don't think that um, 
I I I think the Trump administration's a- actions to starve that regime, like it's uh, it's I don't I don't think it radicalized uh, any any of the Iranian people against America. I, I think I think the I think if anything the opposite occurred. Like it, it helps embolden the real resistance against that regime, you know. And God willing, one of these days they'll be able to finally overthrow that regime. Yeah, I mean, Iran is not Iraq. Um, the the populations are drastically, drastically different with with wildly different histories too. So I mean that is true. That that is a fair point. It's not, uh, you know, I mean like the the blockade of Iraq in the '90s is what what was the straw that broke the camel's back that made Osama bin Laden want to attack America. I um, disagree. I, I think. I, well, that's I, what he said. I, that's what he. Well, that's what but, he wrote. But, but, so. but what he also said was that one of the <laughs> things that emboldened him to attack America was that. Um, he was that there was the it was that Clinton with with withdrew with withdrew from Somalia and Mogadishu boycotted down. Uh, I mean Osama bin Laden viewed that as like cowardly weakness, and and so and so when George W. Bush responded with the with the war in Afghanistan, Osama bin Laden said he was surprised because he thought that America was a paper tiger because of how Clinton responded to Mogadishu to, to Mogadishu. Yeah, those were the those were uh, those were those were two of the reasons he listed. The other two were one is because he hated Israel and he hates that United States supports Israel. And then the fourth reason is that right. uh, America has all of our military bases in Saudi Arabia, and obviously Saudi Arabia houses Mecca and Medina, and he took offense to that. So those were those were the four reasons he gave. But he said that the greatest reason was all the deaths um, due to the Clinton era blockade of Iraq, because there was there was something like a couple hundred thousand civilians that starved to death and obviously that's not all on america I, it's saddam hussein's choice to not divert resources to the people that need it and use it to fund his army and and whatever the state wanted you know what i mean so it's not this isn't i'm not some like ridiculous hippie who just blames america for everything but right it, it just it's everything you do in the middle east is a double-edged sword you know that better than anybody um because you know the history of the middle east better than i do um but yeah, I mean it's you're you're right, you're you're right on a lot. I I'd push back on some, but um, it's just it's complicated, man. I the the one thing I do have to say, and I'll just reiterate that I just this is not I I would be shocked, and I'm I'm as pessimistic as it gets about about the world, about the future of the oh, Middle East, too. about foreign policy generally. Even, all that said, this is not this isn't World War Three, man. I'm not saying there isn't going to be a World War III. There probably will at some point, but I just don't think this is it. Just the incentives. Just China is not incentivized enough to get involved. Even Iran is just, they're toast. If they were to really, if they were to physically attack Israel directly, they're toast. I think Russia behind the scenes would try to talk them out of it. I think China behind the scenes would try to talk them out of it. They're just, they they don't want that. They don't want it. I, I just don't think right now is that time. Um, one thing I have to mention um, before I let you go um, is this whole genre on Twitter right now with Elon Musk's policy of essentially just paying people to farm engagement um, that some of the biggest and most boosted and promoted accounts on Twitter are these blatantly anti-Semitic accounts who do nothing but parrot Hamas talking points, literal Hamas propaganda all day. And they they come up with these crazy numbers of civilian deaths that physically can't be true. I mean, well, I I guess I can't technically say that, but 
well, even if the numbers are true, there's no way to know. You know what I mean? Because anytime there's a there's an IDF airstrike, Hamas will release a death count in like minutes. You know, when of course that's not how that's not how modern warfare works. Is that how bombs work? It takes days, sometimes weeks. We don't we still don't know the death count in Israel from October seventh. We do not know the final death yeah, count in Israel. Yeah, that's still rising. It, it it takes it takes a long time. So five minutes later, Hamas will say, "Oh, you, IDF just bombed 400 kids or whatever," and it's like. Okay, and then all these accounts on Twitter just uncritically promote this stuff. These accounts are constantly parroting this stuff, and now there's this entire account, and they're getting paid to do it. They're giving, they're getting like tens of thousands of dollars via this revenue sharing program to promote literal terrorist propaganda, and it's all supported by the Twitter algorithm. So it's like I don't know. I'm not claiming to have any answers here, man. <laughs> like I don't know what to do about this. But it's gross. It sucks, and just the the, the I mean, it's just it's fake news. I mean, it's it's not real. I mean, we've gone through the list from like the hospital bombing that never happened, to the blowing up the oldest church on the planet that never happened. You know, there was the photo of that, that was on Twitter for like a week. This viral photo of a of a bombing on like a school or or some such, um, and it was actually like four months old and it was from a, a civil war that's happening right now in Sudan. Um, it was a, it was the Sudanese government bombing a rebel yeah. installation or something. And that, and that was attributed to the IDF and that was debunked. And it's just like, I'm sure Aaron, cause you've been covering this every day. I'm sure you could list a thousand examples of, of this bullshit that's been debunked. But some of these accounts doing this, like Jackson Hinkle, whoever that person is, and then all these, these anti-Semitic accounts, like Hinkle was the most viewed Twitter account last month, the most boosted it's account. Scary. That's yeah. scary. Tens of millions of 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 people seeing these tweets. There's an entire economy on Twitter built around promoting this stuff. The algorithm promotes it now, and it is just breaking people's brains, man. It. I mean, it's like it, people are just inundated with this this propaganda on a daily basis. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy. I mean, there a couple of months ago, there was the whole Elon Musk ADL spat. Um, and that, that feels like a lot longer than, than two months ago, but here we are. Um, and the thing that, that Elon kept saying in defense of himself and his, and his platform is that he always talked about how to deal with speech that was hateful but legal. And, and, he, and he said the way his platform approaches it is to use the algorithm – as such to where if somebody posted something that was hateful but legal, it, it would say, yeah, but, but the algorithm w- would basically um, – the, the, the algorithm would make it so the post wouldn't appear on people's, Twitter, on people's feeds. Um, and, but, yeah, I mean, as, as, as you just mentioned, the opposite, ha- the opposite has been happening this, the, this, this past month. So um, clearly Elon's strategy isn't – isn't working in practice, so they have to fix that algorithm. I, I, I don't know what it's going to take to make that happen. Um, but if Elon is, uh, but if if if, if Elon is going to follow through on on, on on what on what he says he's going to do, then something needs to change because because it's not working right now. Yeah, I mean, it, people have stopped. I, I think they realized they were being douchebags. So they stopped posting screenshots of how much money they were making um, from this, this new program. Yeah. But it was, you know, people were getting like five figures a month just to post nonsense, you know. And it's the fact that Crazy. 
that nothing has been done. I mean, I mean, it's not. It's not just being. They're not just saying like pro-Palestinian rights stuff. I mean, they're just taking propaganda from Hamas and getting paid large sums of money to tweet about it. And if you're just some idiot on Twitter who doesn't know anything about the Middle East and doesn't know how war works, and you're just seeing these accounts with you know hundreds of thousands of likes and retweets and millions of followers and stuff, you're probably gonna believe that this is true because why wouldn't you? You know, and, and it's just like exactly. I, I don't know. I don't know what we do about that. And but it's it's making the the anti-Semitism problem worse because people just don't know what to believe and what not to believe. I mean, you'd think after. You think in the year of our Lord 2023, you would. You'd be able to. Your spidey sense would be up a little bit, and you'd be able to realize when people are lying to you. But apparently, apparently not. You know, I mean, a lot of these people just promote this this nonsense because they do hate Jews and they just want this anti-Jewish propaganda to get out there. But a lot of people, I think, are good-natured and are, holy crap! Like the IDF just murdered five thousand babies for no reason. Like if you. If you're led to believe that by all these big accounts with blue check marks and you don't understand that that means nothing anymore, you know, you have no idea how how the Twitter economy works anymore. Like yeah, like you're going to actually believe that, you know, the Israeli government is intentionally trying to kill as many civilians as possible or whatever when Hamas literally did that on the 7th. I mean that they explicitly live streamed it and posted videos of them <clears throat> explicitly attempting to kill as many women and children as possible. But it's like when these accounts are all promoting this nonsense every single day, all day, I'm not saying these accounts should even be banned. I mean, I don't, like, you can say evil shit on the internet, and I'm not going to try to get you banned. But, like, Elon has built a model where you are incentivized to lie, and you are incentivized to say the dumbest and most evil things you can think of just to farm as much engagement as you can. And I, I don't know, man. I mean, the platform is getting, and you and I both like Twitter, man. We've both been on Twitter a long time, and we're yeah. both on Twitter probably a lot more than we should be. But, man, it's like, I just don't know how long this is going to last. I mean, it's like, if you have the top, I, I saw a list. I'll I'll, tw- I'll find it and tweet it out. Um, but I saw, like, the list of, like, the top ten most seen accounts in the last month. And, like, Elon was, like, number five or whatever, because he has, he has the most followers. He has, like, you know, well, tens yeah, of millions but... of followers or whatever. And like Taylor Swift was one of them because she has tens of millions of followers. Yeah. And then a bunch of them, and it was like that Jackson Hinkle guy and a lot of these, and like a, a handful of them were these clearly anti-Semitic accounts who are, who got, who farmed all of this engagement specifically by parroting Hamas propaganda. And it's like, man, if, if you can become the biggest account on Twitter by doing that, I, I mean, it's the understatement of the century to say that there is something fundamentally wrong with this site. Absolutely, Absol- absolutely, and um, yeah, I, it, it's it's hard to know what to do about it exactly. I, uh, you know, I I I I, I think there just needs. I think Elon needs to be held accountable. You know, there needs to people um, need to speak out against it. You know, there needs to be some. Yeah, some real journalism done uh, to 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 show how much of a problem this is, um, and and bring it to Elon's attention. You know, one of one of the one of the one of the good things about Elon Twitter is that uh, pre Elon, everything I, I I obviously everyone knew Jack Dorsey ran the site, but a, a lot of these a lot of these decisions were being made by this sort of amorphous board of. 
people. We didn't know who they were. Right. And, and whatever. But with Elon Twitter, it's like Elon's like almost like a monarch of sorts. And so it's easy just to call him out. Um, and he does tend to respond to concerns. And so I think if enough if, if enough people uh, brought it to his attention, then maybe he would at least try to do something about it. Um, I don't know. I, I, I mean, it's 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 uh, it's 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 certainly a tough question, you know. And it, it kind of goes back to the issues of of just in general of 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 big tech, you know, and, and how these algorithms work. Um, so I, I mean, I, I think it's just to show how there is a need for there to be alternatives to to these big tech sites. That's not, you know, that's that, that's not easy to do. And we've and we have seen. Uh, different alternatives to Twitter being tried and failed, you know? I mean, like, True Social, like, the only reason why any, anyone even cares about True Social is that Trump is on it, right. you know? Um, but, like, otherwise, like, I, I don't know of anyone who really uses it. I, I guess Biden no. is now on True Social, but whatever. Oh, no. <laughs> um, and, and, of course, you know, there was Parler that, that was tried, and then it failed. Uh, and then, then there was Gab that started out with good intentions, and then it now it's become like a white supremacist hellhole. Oh, dude, Stay yeah. as far I away mean, from Gab as possible. That, ugh. But the point I'm making here is that is that we need alternatives to big tech, to big tech platforms, but yet these alternatives always seem to fail. And, and I'm not... Oh, and so I, I don't know what the right answer is exactly. Man, look, I never believe what journalists say ever. So like I when whenever it's like, oh, Gab is like a Nazi website or whatever. I was like, oh, I'm sure that's not true. Let me check it out. I was like, oh, my goodness. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's, like, it's, it's actually like, a Nazi website. Yes. Like it's literal like anti-Semitic and white nationalist pamphlets from the 1930s. And it's that's like the whole stuff. website. I'm like, damn, man. Like that is. That is bad. And then the Instagram one, like everybody signed up for. I didn't. I was like, I'm done. Like until oh, like I can. Yeah. Yeah. But it's. I think. Is it even? It might be gone now. Did they shut it down? Or did everybody no just stop using I, I assume, it? I assume with threads that like it, like yeah, there's a, there's a whole exodus of people going on to threads. And one of the things I noticed was that on threads is that is that uh, if you, if you got banned on threads, there was no way you could appeal it. Um, oh so, gosh. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, and just so, promoting they're like trying to be the opposite of twitter like yes we will ban you for any reason and there's exactly. nothing you can do about you, you it you do about it yeah um and there's also mastodon that that, that, that was that, that, that was one platform that was that was thrown out there when elon first took over twitter i don't even know what happened to that site um but what a terrible a what a terrible um, name an extinct stupider looking version of a woolly mammoth why yeah right um and, and, and it's also the name of a metal band. Yeah, oh yeah, much better band yeah. than than website. Absolutely. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, like um, I commend I commend Elon for standing up for free speech and putting his money where his mouth is and all that. I mean, he he spent forty four billion on a website that's probably worth ten. Okay, the dude took it on the chin. He's gonna be regretting this decision the rest of his life. Like I understand that and I commend him for that. But it's yeah, gotten sure. it's it's gotten worse. I mean, it's like the quality of Twitter, man. If your top five accounts are people spreading terrorist propaganda for money, for Elon Musk's money, mm-hmm. I mean, something has gone horribly wrong. I mean, this is not, this is not, it's just not sustainable, man. And then and plus, I mean, it's like, I mean, even functional. I mean, our mutual friend, um, Ian Howarth, who worked for Facebook for a long time. I mean, he, right. he he told me like as this was happening, 
Elon, you know, fired like 90% of the staff. And he looked up at the numbers of the people that are still working there. And he's like, that's not enough. He's like, obviously, these, 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 you know, diversity, equity, and inclusion people who are useless don't need to be there. All the, the censorship right. people don't need to be there. But he's like, just in terms of coders, he's like, you can't fire 90%. Like, you can fire half. Like, there's probably half of your staff are useless. But he's like, that's just not, there's not enough people to fix the bugs that are going to happen. And now look at it. Like, it goes like a week at a time. You can't even see your own notifications. Like, it's, I mean, it's just like, it's just a, tra- it's like a trash app now and nothing works the way it should. And, and Jackson Hinkle's the biggest account on the site. You know what yeah. I mean? So it's like, it's just, it's just gone I mean, bad, man. The thing is, is all Elon had to do was just stop, was just stop with, uh, with, with, with the bad, just stop. All it had to do was was just restore free speech, you know. Like, yeah. like stop these random banning of conservative accounts who are getting who are getting banned uh, just for saying, you know, that that, that biological male can't be a woman. Um, and and that was it, you know. That would be enough, and just let Twitter be Twitter. Right. Um, but but instead, it's like he keeps trying to like mess around. With the platform and trying to fix something that is that isn't broken. I mean, it's kind of like what Rob Manfred is doing to baseball. You know, right. it, it's it's like he's trying to fix problems that aren't there. It's a great example. Know? That's and, a great and, example. And it's and has made um has made the product worse as as a result. Um, you know, I mean, as I said, like there's not going to be an alternative to Twitter anytime soon. That's 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 going to be viable. You know, so I think for now, the time being, just have to hold Elon accountable. You know. He's like Rob uh, Manfred. He's like Rob Manfred. If the commissioner gave an extra million dollars to every player who said "fuck the Jews," basically, that's yeah. pretty pretty much what Twitter, what Twitter yeah. has become. Yeah, I don't know if you uh, had this initial reaction to the revenue sharing thing as I did. I mean, you're I know you're a free market capitalist as I am. Yeah. And for about five seconds there, when I saw that press release, I was like, "Oh, that's cool," you know, like. These accounts that are bringing value to the site should be compensated. Oh no! <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? I was like, "Oh, that's cool." And then, like, I immediately like just had a vision of the future of what exactly could happen, which is coincidentally exactly what happened, where yeah. people are just being as stupid and wicked as possible for money. And I was like, "That is a real possibility that could happen." Boy, oh boy, look where we are. All it took was a war, you know, 10,000 miles away to really make people, oof, man, look, I I have a, a mortgage and I need a new truck and I need a new boat and babies are expensive and all that, but shit, dude, I ain't, I ain't going to make my money that way. That's for sure. Yeah, I hear you. Aaron, my brother, uh, hang in there. Um, where nice. can everybody uh, read your reporting, follow you on Twitter, keep in touch, all that good stuff? Yeah, so you, you can read my reporting at Jewish Journal, uh, JewishJournal.com. Uh, I have a lot of great reporting, of course, but you, but we, we have a lot of great writers uh, uh, who write for the Jewish Journal. Uh, be, be sure to check them out. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at, at Dan's Banter. Everybody follow Aaron. He's great. That's all I got for today. I'm Brady Leonard. I'll be back on Monday. No gimmicks. Um, 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 um.